Welcome to Stacks and Stories, the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. Today's episode starts off with Tracy giving a brief explanation about the Mississippi Center for the Book, the state affiliate for the Center for the Book in the Library of Congress. We follow it up with an interview with Dee Hare, director of the Northeast Regional Library. The Northeast Regional Library won the 2021 Jane Smith Literacy Award, an award given by the Center for the Book, for their Suggested Family Activities Program. The library also won the Library of Congress State Literacy Award for the same program. Dee talks about how the program got started, how it's doing right now, and where she hopes the program will go in the future. Stay tuned! Hey there. Uh, This time on Stacks and Stories, we're going to tell you about the Center for the Book, specifically the Mississippi Center for the Book. So the Center for the Book in the Library of Congress is a program that is devoted to books and libraries, literacy and reading, and poetry and literature. Each state has an affiliate, and the Mississippi Library Commission is the Center for the Book affiliate for Mississippi. Since 2000, we've been involved in in all kinds of fun literary projects. Most recently, a few years ago in 2017, we updated the literary map. There are 21 color portraits and then nine additional names on this map. If you would like one, you can have one for free. We'll mail it to you. Uh, Just email us at mlcref, that's M-L-C-R-E-F, at mlc.lib.ms.us. We also did this fun bingo card for the Bicentennial that has all kinds of things that you can do to learn more about the state, like visit a museum, volunteer time. So when you go to the website I'm about to tell you, um, you can click on all of these bingo card, bingo squares and, and learn more. It's msbingo200.com. Some other projects that we do for, with uh, the Mississippi Center for the Book, um, we have a large book club kit collection. So public libraries can get their book club together, choose one of our kits, we mail it to them, people get to read them, talk about them, and send them back. We also provide some discussion questions, and there are over, I think, about 150 of them to choose from, and we're always adding more. So if your book club would like to borrow one of these, you need to go to your Mississippi Public Library and request that they borrow one for you. Another project that we have done the last few years is the Jane Smith Literacy Award. Public libraries in Mississippi are invited to submit their literacy projects um, each year for this award, which is named for a longtime Library Commission staff member, Jane Smith, and her contributions to shaping library service in the state. We look for projects that are outside of traditional library service and that are innovative in nature. So the, uh, the literacy project that wins the Jane Smith Award is then submitted for a Library of Congress State Literacy Award, which those awards recognize innovative contributions to promoting literacy or reading at the local level. This year, the Northeast Regional Library System was one of seven organizations nationwide that were honored by the Library of Congress. And recently, I I'm met here with, with Dee Hare, Hare the director, director of the Northeast Regional, Regional Library. Welcome, project. and thanks for being here. Thank you for having me, Tracy. 
So Dee, I want you I want you to tell us about your literacy project that won the Library of Congress State Literacy Award, but can you first tell us a little about your library system and the communities it serves? Sure. Uh, I'm with the Northeast Regional Library System. We have 13 branches across four counties in the furthest corner of Northeast Mississippi that you can get to without going to Alabama or Tennessee. So we are as far away from Jackson as you can get, but we do have uh, 13 branches with four counties that we serve. We serve Prentice, Tippa, Tishomingo, and Alcorn counties. A lot of counties, a lot of people. That's awesome. So tell us about the Literacy Project, what it's called, and how it started. Our Literacy Project is called Suggested Family Activities, and it was a direct result of the COVID-19 pandemic when uh, it became obvious to us in the spring of 2020 that our summer reading program would have to be radically different than what we had done in years past. We were trying to figure out what uh, we could do. And I had uh, just in early March, I had conducted a summer library program training workshop for the library commission. And I had a huge amount of information gathered about the theme for that year. Uh, I just didn't know what to do with it, what we could do with it, since we were having to shift everything virtually. So what I decided to do was to turn all that information into small daily posts to our website of things that people could do at home safely uh, during the pandemic, and we called it Suggested Family Activities. So it started uh, with summer reading program last year, and they were those first ones were really short. They didn't have any graphics with them. Um, because we were posting, um, I wrote six weeks worth, five a week to start out with, even without graphics and with them being very short, the reaction from our communities was just tremendous. They started getting hundreds of views a day uh, and were ended up being more popular than the virtual programming that we did during summer reading program last year. So what kind of what kind of activities were involved? And also, I have to commend you to write six weeks worth of anything but six weeks worth of daily thing. That's a lot of content. You had a lot, your research did you, did you well, um, all that preparation you did. Thank you. I love doing the children's workshops, so that it, it did pay off last year, <laughs> particularly. So I do a combination of craft projects, outdoor activities, um, games, any kind of family things um, like making a scrapbook or making a time capsule, cooking, food preparation ideas, National Day celebrations, and you know I try to tie it into just simple basic things. I do keep everything really basic to appeal to all varieties of families. I try not to do anything that has to have special equipment or special supplies, particularly with the craft projects, because you know a lot of families don't have pom-poms and googly eyes and pop cleaners at home, but they do have pencils and paper and crayons. And so that's what I try to focus everything on. And depending on what I talk about, I try to address, you know, briefly how to incorporate it, all members of the family from the very youngest early literacy uh, members, you know, up to the adults. So we try to include ways that the whole family can participate in an idea together. In your application, you know, when you were talking about your project, you, you said something about how you really hit upon a new kind of literacy, family literacy. I think your community probably really appreciated the fact that they didn't have, need to have extra supplies. And of course, if you do have, like I do, a drawer of googly eyes at home, 
because you never know uh, what you, you might need to stick a googly eye on, that attention to care and knowing your community, I'm sure they really appreciated that. When I write about craft projects, I do, you know, we keep it basic, but then I'll put on at the end, if you happen to have these things, feel free to embellish, you know, as you want to. So how, after those, the first six weeks, what, what did you, you wrote all that stuff out and then it started to blow up and then how did, how did you proceed from there? Uh, well, first I needed a little break. <laughs> so directly after summer reading program, I did uh, take a, a little short break from, from doing the, um, the writing. Uh, but in the early uh, fall, so I had written for June and July. So I, I maybe took a month off and uh, then I got my plan ready for the fall, which was that we would reduce them to three a week. We do Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. I just kept writing them. I targeted themes for the seasons, of course. We had all the great fall and winter seasons that we could write about. Uh, we were also um, doing our grab-and-go packets, which is we've had a, a huge turnout uh, from our communities about that. Even during the pandemic, we were giving out thousands of those a month with all of our branches. So I was able to incorporate some of those ideas into the summer reading program, I mean, into the suggested family activity I asked my staff to give me ideas, and at the very beginning, they were very enthusiastic, but those soon um, started getting fewer and fewer, so I just kept coming up with ideas, and I write three a week since August until uh, June, and then June, I went back to five a week, and we'll do five a week for June and July for this year's summer reading program. That's amazing. That's just a, such a, I can't think of one craft or a <laughs> thing to do. Are all the older ones still up on your website? They are. They're all available so that people can look at them, you know, go back through the old ones. Uh, if you go back far enough, you'll see the old ones that were really short and didn't have any graphics. Since then, our, our technology coordinator has found some great sites for free graphics. And so that just changed the way they looked. Oh, they look just fabulous with those free graphics. And then now since the first of the year, uh, after we won the award, I'm trying to get my staff engaged in the project more because this is, you know, basically it's my project. I write them and then I, our tech coordinator puts the graphics to them. I, I don't get the feeling that my staff is very engaged in participating in the project as far as giving ideas or, or promoting them into, with our communities. So since the first of the year, I have been making a point every week of giving um, my staff a preview of what's coming for the week ahead so that they can take pictures to put with them, with the suggested family activities of them and their families participating. And um, I, I'm really happy with the way that's turning out. Um, I, I do that with my son a lot. I try to make sure I get us doing at least once a week, a picture of us doing the activities. But, you know, I don't want it just to be my family on there. I want it to be everybody's family. And since this project started, we had encouraged all of our patrons and our communities to please send us your pictures of you doing these things, and we would love to put them on our website. And we do have some people um, who are doing that, but um, we just we want to keep trying to strengthen that engagement with our communities. Well, listen, this this is a fantastic opportunity for anyone who is looking for not just the people that you are directly serving in uh, the northeast corner of the state, but we have podcast listeners. We have a very devoted Belgian listener. 
And if you're out there, um, person in Belgium or anyone, what's your website address and how do, how do they find all these wonderful ideas? Our website address is www.nereg.lib.ms.us. And there's a suggested family activities tab on the first page that they will click on. And it starts with whatever the most recent post is. And you can just scroll down um, through all the posts. Well, it sounds wonderful. And again, congratulations on winning a only one of seven winners uh, this year for Thank the you. Library of Congress State Literacy Award. Thank you so much. And thanks for talking to us today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Stacks and Stories, the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. We hope you will tune in next time, and we encourage you to visit your local public library often.